0: Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket.
1: If you are a cricketer, perhaps your dream holiday would be to play cricket all around the world. In our latest What Was It Like To episode, you will find out through the words of Jenny Thompson, a former Cheshire County player who is currently racing around the world playing the greatest game. In only her second match, Jenny teamed up with the Hong Kong Divas for the opening match at the 2023 Fairbreak Invitational Event in Hong Kong against a World Eleven. Now you can't beat that, can you? Jenny, what was it like to play against a World Eleven?
0: Well, it's not something that you do every day. And it's um It was very difficult to put into words, to be honest. And I asked every single one of my teammates and the common theme was speechless. And, um, you know, it's been a while since the match concluded and I'm still processing it. But that's not very (laughs) helpful for you right now. So what I will say is in the weeks leading up to it, I had extreme panic attacks. And um, partly because I'm just starting a world tour of cricket, but also because this is the biggest start to a world tour of cricket that I couldn't even have imagined. And I've got a pretty good imagination and I really couldn't have thought of it. And, you know, it it was billed as the all-stars and that was not false advertising whatsoever whatsoever. As Mignon Duprey, Shemaine Campbell, Laura Wolvart Phoebe Litchfield. The list just went on and on. Bismarck, Roof, Sardamia. And then as if that wasn't terrifying enough, they announced Alex Blackwell as the coach. I thought, give us a chance. You know? So it was just it was just really extraordinary. And it was possibly the best experience of my life and that was shared by my team and it was lovely to take the field with everyone. But having had weeks of nervous anticipation and it's no exaggeration to say terror, on the day I woke up quite calm and I was staying in the same accommodation as our captain, Josie, and she was just writing out the fielding positions and everything, and the team lists, and um, we we were actually fairly calm, and then we did some warm-ups. Luckily, most of my team had already played on Kowloon Cricket Club ground before, and the competition that my team, the Divas, play in is on the Fair hard wicket. And I hadn't realised, but Cowloon is actually hard wicket uh, provision as well as grass. So we were playing on the hard wicket and we played a match, at a club match the day before on the hard wicket. So that was quite helpful. And before the match, the players gave us each a pat. There was a presentation and um, we each got to speak with a player. And uh, Jemaine Campbell gave me my cap, and she's so lovely, extremely sweet. And I explained to her what I was doing, and she said, oh, that's great. I wish you lots of luck. And she said, really, just enjoy the experience. So by the time we got onto the pitch, it was less a question of nerves and more one of enjoyment and wonder. It was
1: surreal it really was um you know what an introduction I think I I better say something that was that's the longest introduction I think I've ever had but it was worth it to to hear you talk about uh, what was it like it is the stuff of dreams but you are um you know you're you you're a former county player uh, in Cheshire Mm -hmm. and you played you played um grade a cricket also in Australia in Adelaide as I understand Mm -hmm. and played with a that's a former correct. Australian captain as well. So... Uh,
0: Karen Moulton, who was the captain at the time. And I was first changed behind Emma Sampson, who was Australia's opening bowler. And I said, I'd only just got to Australia and I just rocked up at my local club. And this is the kind of thing that happened. And I said, wow, who else is in our league? And they said, "Shelly Nitschke. I said, oh, right, I've just voted her... Bit, I was on the panel who just voted her as the international player of the year. You know, and growing up in England where you've got this, in, in the era that we grew up, you've got this vision of Aussies as sporting gods and, you know, they beam in the triathlon to our uh, rainy shores. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it was a real introduction to Australian cricket. And it it is true, you know, um, I, my Era, if you will, was um, I've played in sort of junior England trial squads with Charlotte Edwards, Claire Connor, Claire. are yeah, name Taylor. dropping
1: now, you see, yeah.
0: Well, you know, Laura Newton, it's more, you know, it's not name dropping so much as it that all is surreal. It always is surreal to me because I don't know, a lot of the time I feel like I'm. Um, a lucky observer in life you know and I suppose that feeds into um you know any work that I've done as a journalist and I always just feel massively privileged to be part of anything um even as a witness in in certain ways but back in the day if you will I was buying extremely regularly and you didn't overthink it whereas this match, it was on the back of, and I, excuse me, I'd had a decade out of cricket and I've only been playing again the last two years. And my strong suit used to be bowling, but I've had the yips for two years. Serious, we're talking double bouncing, no balls, wide, okay. beamers. It's been really, really bad. I've had another terrible season, which I'm just coming off the back of in Australia. And suddenly it's not just, you know, bowling in front of TV cameras and the rest of the um, fair break teams were sitting watching. So you've got, you know, 60-odd internationals watching you play against these internationals. It's then the quality of the internationals who you're playing. I was just happy to not bowl any no-balls, and I think I just only bowled one wide, and that was, you know, I was I was quite proud of um, giving it a go. Really,
1: how did the game come about? How did how did you finish up playing in this game?
0: Okay, this is a long. This is I'll warn you, this is a long answer. Um, so, a couple of months ago, I decided to press go on a project which I first thought of about five years ago. And it's called Her World Cricket Tour. And in it, I'm going around to over 50 countries and playing cricket and meeting women and girls within the game and discussing their stories. And so I thought Fair Break is the best tournament to start with because I've always been interested in women's empowerment dating back to my days even within cricket clubs and being on committees and then as a journalist for Quick Info writing about both men's and women's cricket. So I thought Fairbreak is just such, such an amazing idea and it really delivers And I thought, well, if I start in Hong Kong, that would be a brilliant thematic way to kick off my tour. I didn't think I'll start by playing at Fairbreak. (laughs) But what happened was um, I was put in touch with Animesh Kulkani, who is the manager of the Hong Kong Divas, who are the Filipina domestic helpers who live in Hong Kong, and they use their one day off a week to play cricket. And their story is world famous. And I, you know, I'd already heard of them, and then I was invited to play alongside them in a club match on the Sunday in Hong so this Kong. This was your
1: pre-match, uh, pre-match match for the for the big match. Yeah,
0: it really was. But having said that, that match was crucial for getting into the top four. So my team were more worried about that match. I was worried about all of it, but they were more worried about that match. So um, that was, I thought, well, that's at that time. I thought, well, this is brilliant. You know, I've got a club match with the Divas who were a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant inspirational team and story. And then I get to, you know, watch at Fairbreak. Brilliant. But then it multiplied even further when it turned out that the Divas were playing at Fairbreak. You know, who, because Fairbreak recognized how brilliant the women are and you know what it's it's not easy life, but cricket is brilliant and um very empowering for the women, you know, and I've spent a week alongside the team and it's just been a real privilege. I love them. They're just really brilliant humans. And I I've already said I'm coming back. Like I can't not see these women ever again. They're my friends now and I've been invited to the Philippines as well. So that's how it came about, and then suddenly we were playing at Fairbreak.
1: You said it was a long, long story. Some of the Philippines players <laughs> players do play for the Philippine national side. Some of the divas do play for the Philippine national side, though.
0: It's most it's most of the team. Um, the Philippines women's national team was conceptualized in Hong Kong on the back of the divas. The captain. Josie she is the captain of the Divas and the Philippines. There is scant cricket in the Philippines. Without the Hong Kong Divas, there would have not been a Philippines women's team. Uh, I think there's a few players who are softballers who who transfer to cricket in the Philippines, and um, there's one player in Australia who is half Filipina. But no, um, they're sort of it's uh, Hong Kong based. It's the divas who pretty much form the Philippines national team.
1: And the divas have been going since 2017. Tell me a little bit about. You said they work six days a week and play cricket on the other day, on the Sunday.
0: On the Sunday, yeah, that's correct. Um, so few opportunities to train. Trainings. Pretty much before or after the match. And, um, you know, the skills, the standard is phenomenal. The women mainly have played softball before. So they've got the hand eye and they've got the fielding. But I've been laughing this week as each player has told me their individual experience of um, (laughs) the transfer over from softball. One of my team, Joy Lovino. She actually played in proper fair break, if you will. She played for the Sapphires last year in the first tournament in the UAE. She's a really handy, fast opening bowler. And she said to me, she's been playing five years, and she said she she's an accidental cricketer, in the respect that she had seen an advert. She was in the Philippines and she'd sort of seen an advert or a photo of the game in Hong Kong and she contacted someone thinking it was softball and she turned up and she was like this ball's not soft (laughs) the bat's not round (laughs) what is this game and Josie, the captain she was playing softball in Hong Kong and she looked across the road and she saw there was well she didn't know what it was but it was cricket she said I saw people in white and they were just running back and forth. (laughs) They didn't know what was going on. So she went over to investigate, and then she fell into cricket. So And then she got all her softball team over. Mm. So it's it's good fun. It's a good story.
1: And they're working during the week and then sending money back Mm. to the Philippines?
0: Yeah, pretty much. And the work is not easy. It's very long hours. and, you know, it depends on kind of you can get lucky in terms of having an understanding employer, but sometimes, you know, you can start at 5, 5.30 and still be working at 1, one thirty. And on a Sunday, you know, it's by law 24 hours off, but not every player is that lucky some have to prepare meals and clothes for the family before they come to cricket and then there's a curfew you know they have to be back at eight o'clock or nine o'clock so
1: cricket's a real release to them then isn't it the cricket's a real release for
0: them it's a release it's a community it's Joanne Badillo is she is an absolutely phenomenal person I sat with her and she just told me so many so many interesting things and she said to me you know before I was very stressed I you know was thinking all the time about being a domestic helper and the you know my family back in the philippines and when would i see them and then i discovered cricket and cricket has changed everything that's what she said it's changed everything and you know i asked her what she liked about it and what in particular about cricket and she said Cri- it's not a sport for the weak she said you know you're um it's like going out on the battlefield and you're defending your life and you don't know what kind of bowling you're going to face? Will it be pace bowling? Will it be spin? The knuckle ball. And that's what she said, and she she just loves it. And she said, you know, like I said, she she said it's it's changed everything. And I think that is what cricket can do, isn't it? It's transformational. Um, you know, myself, I had ten years out of the game, and then I came back to it, and my mental health and self-esteem just immediately shot up. And it was funny because I hadn't given, I probably hadn't given cricket the credit for what it can do for you until I'd had that time out. And then you come back and, you know, for me personally, I mean, I'm privileged in that I'm from England and I live in Australia and I have many opportunities to play cricket. In Australia, I can play Pretty much every night of the week, if I want in various competitions, you know, and yet it's still there's that benefit for me. And then, you know, I'm hoping as I go around the world just to see how cricket benefits and empowers many other women and girls, but also to look at the barriers to participation and what, if anything, can be done about
1: that well let's talk about the match itself uh, how did mm-hmm. it go for the divas and yourself I've seen you a clip of you bowling on Instagram um, what okay. was it like bowling to people like Sophia Dunkley and you know Deandra Jotting and people like that
0: it was it was a blur and it was wonderful and it again the word is surreal because um I did bowl against Sophia Dunkley and I told her afterwards and said you know you're you're my batting idol I've been trying I watch YouTube's of you hitting lofty drives and I'm trying to do it and she said just keep going don't give up I was like I'll try not to um and Phoebe Litchfield, I bowled to her as well and she is just such she's so exciting as a talent I'm just can't wait to watch her whole career for Australia. She's just at the beginning. She's been hitting 50s for fun. She got 50 in the first match at Fairbreak. And I, you know, I I thought, if you hit me for a six, that's a privilege. You know, it doesn't matter. I just enjoy watching it go to the boundary. But uh, she only managed, only managed a four. And then later I bowled against, I had a shout against Jermaine Campbell. And, and, Lauren Winfield Hill hit this beautiful, you know, she's very good at that lofted drive, uh, one bounce four, and I just enjoyed watching it. You know, it's a privilege really to watch these players at close quarters. Uh, I was terrified about the fielding as well, but we all managed to, I think, acquit ourselves quite well, and. We had so much support from the sidelines. All of the professionals were really on the Divas' side, so it was good fun. And from ten overs, I would not say that they were going on. E- they were going easy on us batting wise. They definitely were. We bowled pretty tight lines, and they got fifty-five from ten overs.
1: And how did how did the Divas fare when they went into bat?
0: Well. Pretty well, Um, because, as I've said, the girls will, from a softball background, they've got that hand-eye clean hitting. When they strike, it normally, you know, stays hit. So that was really pleasing. And for myself, I faced Catherine Brunt, who completely was not trying but even when she was bowling slow she was too fast for me but that's okay the um the bounce on the hard wicket was it was just too much i mean i edged one here i sort of guided one there but you know she it, it was great i love facing her and then sanamair was uh, she was a little bit more soft on me and i managed my favorite shot the pull shot I um, did manage to hit a four. I got a big chair, which I thought was lovely. Um, but afterwards, I overheard some of the professionals really genuinely, genuinely in an admiration of the Divas because I, you know, ye, yes, they're Philippines players. And yes, Joy has. Played at Fairbreak before, and another player who's currently in the Philippines, Jennifer Alumbro. But you really don't know how the standards are going to align. Um, but all, I'll, you know, everyone was really, really proud and really happy. And you know, Alex Blackwell, I heard her. say, Oh, they were really good, weren't they? And Sophia Dunkley as well. She's like, oh, they, they were unreal. So that was lovely and I understand Lauren Winfield Hill was quite emotional about the game she really connected with everything that was going on and you know it's just what I loved about what I loved about the game was that it was a real reminder for the professionals about why they play you know and what cricket can do and the fact that cricket when you strip it back down, it's supposed to be fun, and you're supposed to enjoy it. And the opposition certainly did. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't really just all, oh, you know, the divas were we're so happy. It was. It was genuine joy on both sides. It was just brilliant, just fabulous, a great atmosphere, and in terms of opening up fair break and what that tournament stands for and what it delivers. It it, it was just really perfect, really feel good, real great, just brilliant. None of us will ever forget it.
1: You mentioned fair break. Uh, I must ask you, I've asked this question many times to other associate players and, and, and players who've played in it. What does fair break mean to you?
0: Fair break means opportunity quite simply you know it it gives opportunities for a very very fair more than fair payment for players which is life-changing in many instances um just one appearance at fair break can really set someone up to educate their daughter or to you know build a house or to take um, back skills and knowledge into communities and to be that role model and inspire you know people within their communities just to say hey if you work harder it doesn't have to be cricket whatever you work harder there can be those opportunities but also at the tournament itself it's um great that you know different tier players can see that they're just as good as the more traditional professionals, if you will. Um, and But just being in that environment is such a learning experience. And it was very interesting um, hearing from Roberta Avery, who said to me, uh, she's the captain of Brazil.
1: Brazil, and yeah. She, she's been on this podcast two or three times, so yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Good old Roberta, she's brilliant. And she was saying to me, you know, because now we're in our second iteration of Fairbreak, first time around, there were a few nerves from um, the players from the lower tier countries mixing with the big names. But this time around, they've had that experience. You know, there's only a few new players, so now they're growing from that. There's they're already comfortable to come in, and then they can grow their game and their, you know, their confidence even further. So the more fair breaks that there are, the better it will be for world cricket for women. So, you know, I just I just think I just think it's a brilliant it's a brilliant concept, and also. I tell you what it also means to me. The story of how Fairbreak came to be and the it means resilience to me because I know I know exactly how hard and for how long Sean Martin and others had to persist to get Fairbreak up, you know, where 80 to 90 percent of other people would have just thrown their hands in the air and walked away. He didn't, and that is testimony to resilience. I think there's a lesson in that for all of us.
1: There certainly is. Uh, Where next for the, um, the, the tour?
0: The tour is heading to Thailand, Cambodia, Malaysia, Singapore, South Korea, oh, Vietnam, South Korea, Japan, Philippines, PNG, then back to Australia, then off to Indonesia for a week where months ago I booked a holiday to Bali with my friend and I said to her, hey, can we crash it with some cricket? So now we're hanging out with the Indonesian players and uh, taking over some kit which has been donated, which is really good. Then I come back for a weekend, Europe for two months, back for a month. Then the Americas for two months, then back to Adelaide for the whole cricket season, six months.
1: You should have one of those shirts, you know, like um, you know, Jenny on tour uh, shirts with the, all the all the uh, dates on the back of the shirt, shouldn't you?
0: Oh yeah, that's right, Fair World Cricket Tour. Yes, um, mm, the thing is that it's sort of an evolving. I was going to say beast. It's an, it's an evolving situation at the moment. So I only have a, I only have firm dates for a few places. Maybe I could just, you know, put the uh, destinations and, you know, the year, because this will take three years in total.
1: Well, the very best of luck for, for the tour. And to end, did you ever think you would play against a World eleven in a cricket match?
0: Absolutely not. I thought you were going to finish that with, did you ever think you'd play again? <laughs> um, so, which I didn't, you know, when I quit 12 years ago. So if you'd told me I would be not only playing, but I'd be playing on a world tour. I'd be playing on a world tour with the Divas against a world 11. Even I, as I said before, <laughs> would have thought, well, I couldn't have, nobody could have, dreamt this up no so no no and again no and it will take a very long time to sink in it might take five or ten years but luckily I've got lots of photographs and videos so you know I've always got those memories
1: well thank you very much Jenny for sharing your what was it like to moment with me Thank you so much, Stephen.
0: Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.